Ready. From the logo, he launches. Aim. Good if it goes. Good! Bullseye. She'll take it and she'll make it. This is Bullseye. Wants to drive in. That's a big shot foul and one! On today's show, you'll hear from men's basketball head coach Amir Abdul-Rahim. All right, listen to me now. One of the Bulls players. And we'll check in with a member of one of the other sports teams at South Florida. Now, your Bullseye hosts, Derek Sharp, Kaylee Cottrell, and Joey Johnston. And we're back on Bullseye. It's been a few weeks since we last left. It was a football-themed show. Alex Golish joined us every week. I joined us except for the last couple of weeks when you guys carried the ball. It's good <laughs> we to see you back. We were holding down the four. We yeah. missed you, but that yeah. oh, was fantastic. The last show was actually a Boca Bowl preview, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what Guess happened. Guess what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We won. 45-0. Just like you predicted. Just like you yeah. predicted. So we actually are going to relive a couple of those moments, and then we will, like this show, transition into basketball. It's going to be every other week, roughly. We'll do every week uh, later on into February. Uh, today, it's going to be featuring the men's basketball program with Amir Abdul-Rahim and Chris Youngblood will be our guest. We'll also talk to someone from a different sport outside of basketball, in this case, the head coach of track and field, Eric Jenkins. We'll get to basketball in a second, but hey, what about that Boca Bowl? It was pretty fantastic. Well, Both of uh, you guys were there, Joey. I were... mean, the biggest shutout win in the history of college football bowls, uh, kind of tough to top that. It was, it was pretty memorable. The team obviously had great success, but I, and I was down on the sidelines doing the radio, and I kept looking up at the crowd, and man, there was a sea of green and gold there, and everybody was having a great time. It was it was a night to remember. There really was. Sad and talk awesome. about memorable. I know before we left, we did a feature on most memorable bowl <laughs> moments in the history of USF. Did you have any standout moments from this game? Did uh, any about, catch your eye? About ten, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can almost Hard obliterate pick, the previous huh? list. Yeah. <laughs> I think a few of them from Boca Raton Bowl will make the new list. I'm, okay, I'm pretty sure of that. Good. Oh, my gosh. Tramel Logan running one back there at the end. It could not have gone any better. So that's where we left, left off with football. But we are going to have a little bit of a recollection from yeah. you in the form of one of your famous video features. I did right? a recap of the whole week, which is coming up. And honestly, my favorite part of the whole week was just seeing the guys have so much fun and enjoy themselves the way they did. They're, they had their welcome party, their luncheon, uh, you know, the pep rally, a beach day. They went to the arcade uh, yeah. the, the first day. And, and they were just having so much fun. So to see them enjoy it the way they did, it, it filled my heart so much. And, and then that game, to top it all off, was... Incredible. I was down there with women's basketball. I remember the weather didn't affect basketball, but I was worried that the wind, like, uh, uh, come on, we're in Boca. Can the wind, you know, abate for a little bit? And it's, uh, we're taping the show. <laughs> and that's why your hair is in a bun, oh. right, Kaylee? <laughs> the first show the wind. I have ever put my hair up for. It is a, it is a bit windy out and there, And what did guys. you do with your hair it's today, Joey? Well, I, I put a hat on, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't have to, didn't worry, I didn't have to worry about a, a suntan at night, but, but I usually do wear a cap. Nice little bull's cap. So there you go. Hair, hair is. If you guys want to talk hair products, oh, thank you, thank you. I, I don't. I can observe, but it's been a long time since I've had to think about that. Dirt. I would say I'm fortunate that my hair stayed in place with all the wind, but yeah. I use such great product oh, that you? there was no fortune involved. Now, Joey, uh, we'll get to we'll get to basketball yeah, in just a second. You guys are going to see the football feature, and then we'll transition. You've been around the basketball program, mm -hmm. not just these last. Seven years now working on with the, the, the radio broadcast. We do the games on Bulls Unlimited. He does a great job calling the games with Jim Lighthall. Uh, you've been following the program and covering it one way or the, another for a couple years. I have. I, I went to some games back when I was a, a kid and uh, you know got to cover it in different iterations throughout my time at the Tampa Tribune. I was around the, all the NCAA teams and most of the NIT teams, so I've certainly seen the, 
the good and, and, and the, maybe the not so good and, and, and know when it's good because I've seen the other side. So uh, really excited about what, what's going on so far this season and what Coach Amir is doing and, and really the, the hint of what's going to happen in the future is really, really a lot of fun. He'll be on the radio next on Friday night as the team plays Rice, just losing that really close game against UAB. We'll talk to Amir about that and Chris Youngblood that saw a six-game winning streak come to an end, 8-5. and five. During that winning streak, one of the fun games was Alabama State where they set or tied the school record for made threes. Ten in the first half. At the time they hit their 10-3, they had one two-point basket. It worked. But what – tell me the truth. Were you looking this up? I got the audio on the radio side when you were remembering, quote-unquote, or looking it up the last time the Bulls hit 14 threes in a game. And you're like – uh, it was Oral Roberts, and it was in the Marshall uh, tournament, and uh, the score was something along the lines of 99-92. This game was in 1991, and you nailed the score. Do you have such memories of every game score? Encyclopedia uh, uh, of knowledge. Let me tell you here, this. Honestly, every, well, I think we all have talents in this world. I think some people can fix things. Some people are artistic. Some people can sing. I remember stuff. The retention now, that, is I don't incredible. know how valuable that is, but I do remember <laughs> names, numbers, and dates, and places, and all that. And where that's going to get me, I'm still trying to figure out. But the truth is, yes, I did remember it because I remember wow. being there that night, and it's just this oddity of the way my brain works. Now, I don't have a lot of common sense in some other areas. Sure, here, I've got to be honest with you. But remembering numbers and dates and times, I can do that very well. It's impressive. Well, this, this basketball team has, has had a lot of games to remember so far. I love the fact that you pulled who was the hot three-point shooter in that 1991 Derek game. Sharp, the Derek Sharp. Derek Sharp. The other. We call him now the other Derek Sharp. Yes, yes. One day we're going to have him on this show. We but should. As, but as we said, we've got plenty to come on Bullseye. Bullseye time with Amir Abdurrahim. Derek Sharp here with Joey Johnston here in the Meyer Family Hardwood Club. Incidentally, Coach, I know you know this is here. You've probably been down here, but yeah. you don't get a lot of time to hang out. This is not a bad, not a little congregation yeah, place. It's a little cooler in here than, nor than it normally <laughs> is, but, yeah, I, I get to visit here every game day, which is always fun to visit with our, our Bulls clubs member and, you know, talk to them about a little basketball, the opponent for that night. But... It's even, even, even greater sitting here with you guys. Well, we've done it up just for this show. And awesome. you, you mentioned some of the folks that support the program. It's a point I want to get to in a little bit. Yep. But let's get right into what's going on with the team right now. Mm -hmm. And obviously a six-game winning streak, really competitive game right down to the wire against yep. Alabama-Birmingham. Road test, home test. You guys have been passing a lot of tests lately. Yeah, that, you know, to God be the glory, and it's a testament to those kids. Uh, you know, the season, I, I can remember being a player. And... You, as a player, it's kind of a blur because you got class and your practice and your weights and, you know, all of a sudden it's Thursday night or a Saturday night or in our conference, Wednesday, Friday or Sunday, right? <laughs> like where the game's there. But, um, you know, what these kids go through um, each year, they don't complain about it. They just attack it each day. But the season is about growing. You know, um, I understand that now as a as a coach, it's about growing. It's you don't want to, you know. I think any coach in the country would tell you, like, hey, if we're peaking in November, you know, good luck. You know, and so as we started this season, you know, we had some bumps and bumps in there. We, of course, we'd like to have two or three of those those losses back, but to be able to go on a six game win streak with wins over Florida State, Loyola, Chicago you know, teams that are gearing year out, they're in, they're in the conversation of the NCAA tournament. 
it's where we want to get to. Um, and so, uh, although a tough one the other night at, at UAB, um, it's, it's still about growth, you know, and now it's, all right, how do we respond from this challenge? You know, because I'm sure our fans will look at it and say they shot 41 free throws. We did a lot of things, too, that we needed to clean up. And as we showed them on film yesterday, if we just control the controllables, the things that we can control, we get out of there with a pretty good win. And we didn't do a great job of that. Coach, one of the things interesting in watching you on the road interacting with your players is uh, you're ch teaching them life lessons, obviously, but For sure. you certainly don't want them to be an entitled group of guys. No. That, that has come through yeah. as the season has gone on. Speak about your philosophy, what you're trying to get across to these guys. First off, um, you're talking to a guy who played at Southeastern Louisiana, and our budget back then, I think our recruiting budget here, is, was bigger than our overall budget. And as I tell the guys, you know, man, like we were staying at the La Quinta, you know, back then, and nothing against La Quinta, but we were staying at the La Quinta, you know, where these guys are staying in full service, merry eyes, they get to travel, you know, in a very nice way, thanks to the people that give to our program. And when, when you're given the resources you need to be successful, we don't want to lose that edge. So when we're getting on a plane or a bus or whatever it is, the managers aren't loading those bags or unloading those bags. The guys are, you know, they're, they're on the tarmac <laughs> and we got an assembly line going from, you know, the, the, where, where they store the bags to the bus where we're just handing them off because our program is about work. You know, when, when we sit down to eat, um, whether it's pregame meal, dinner or breakfast, Everybody knows, not just the players. Chad, our SID, he'll tell you. You know too, Joey. I do, I do. You better not let anybody pick your plate up and, and take it up for you. You better get up and set it on that tray yourself, you know, because I can just hear, my, I can feel my mom smacking me in the back of the head right now if I left my plate on the table. It's like, you don't have a maid around here. You better put that plate in the sink. So we're just trying to have that, that, that blue-collar mentality and mindset that it takes to uh, hang some more banners in Yingling. And it starts, it, it start, everything matters, and it's starting with that. That's fascinating, Coach, because I can tell you, until up to now, I've never put my plate up, so that's going to change. Yeah. That's not how, no, you got me. That's you didn't how, do that back in Plant City? <laughs> maybe in Plant City, but not on my current job with women's basketball. My bad. Okay. And so not everybody does it that hey. way. Not everybody does it. But that that's, fan, that's yeah. fascinating. Uh, speaking of my job as the play-by-play -play person for women's basketball, I'm required, and I mean that, you know, my job. Obviously, I, I love it, uh, to call the games and be at the games and go to the games. Part of my job, obviously. Uh, I'm not required to attend the men's basketball games, but I'm going to all of them these days. And I know Thank a lot you. of people that I know are doing the same. And I actually had a, a friend visiting from out of town, extended family from Thank New York, who's a Knicks fan. And I kind of showed him what's going on here. And he's like, yeah, we'll go with the Bama State game. Oh, so okay. he got to see the three-point yeah, yeah. fest. And it's an entertaining <laughs> brand. Are you getting sort of that sense that people are, you know, digging what the Bulls are putting out there? Because it's exciting. I, I feel it um, for sure. You know, Christmas break, you can always kind of tell not necessarily how committed everybody is, but if you're trending in the right way, if you're doing the right things. Because when the students are gone, um, you always feel that that lack, their, their, when their energy's not in there. Sure. But 
that Bama State game, the Temple, man, it was rocking and rolling in there against Temple. You know, it's like, okay, people are starting to take notice. You know, I think they're appreciating the energy and effort that these kids are giving and the brand of basketball that we're playing. And it, it's not, to be honest, it's not rocket science. As I tell, you know, the Hardwood Club members, every time we meet, our goal is to represent our university, our campus, our community. And when you look around this, this community of Tampa Bay, it's blue collar. It's people that have worked hard to make a way for themselves. We want to be a reflection of them. Coach, obviously the reason you're here is to win championships, to hang banners. Um, and that is certainly going to happen in the, in the near future at some point. But in talking to you this season, I get the feeling that if things go right, it may be sooner than some people think. There's no sense in putting it off into some distant goal when you can get it done as soon as possible. I know you look at the American Athletic Conference, and, and if things go right, this is a conference the Bulls can do well in and maybe, maybe hang a banner sooner than people think. Well, not to deflect. I'm, I'm here, I'm here to, to, to build men to help build men. Um, and, I, and we know that if we build the man, the player will come. And if the player can mimic the man, be high character about all the right things, that's what hangs those banners. You know, so, you know, every day we show up, you know, it's about making sure they're building the habits that they need to become good men. Because if it's a tie game with two minutes left, a lot of times, yeah, it's about execution, making shots, but execution and making shots is about having character. Character is, you know, the same shot I shoot every day. I'm going to have the same approach, same mechanics, and go from there. So not to say you're wrong, yeah, I'm here to do those things. Um, but first, I'm here to, to make sure we're building men, men that can leave here with a South Florida degree and go out into this this uh, world and represent our university, you know. And if we do that, yep. you'll be on some ladders. Put the carpet for the horse. <laughs> yeah. yep. so. You'll be on the ladder with us, chopping down some Looking nets, putting, to a little, putting a little net behind your ear or on your championship hat. That'll be, that'll be a moment for sure. For sure. Hey, so I know that you've instilled confidence in the guys. We've seen it in games where they've gone in the other direction and then you take it right back down 10 to UAB and it was, you know, you were ahead like nothing to it. Uh, what I want to go back to, though, is, and you alluded to it earlier, a couple games you wish you could have had back Maine, Central Michigan, yeah. I believe, when you hit, I believe, one, three in each game. And your yeah. response afterwards, you know you, you have the guys, the shots will start falling. Yeah. So, A, I mean, did that get taken to heart? as well as I, I took it to heart and, and B, after a rough free throw shooting day, do you yeah. have the same response as though, hey, we're going to make him next time? No, absolutely. Um, but, you know, the free throw deal is, that's, it's always a different, it's just so different, you know, because you can practice as many free throws <laughs> as you want in an empty gym by yourself. But until you get in that game and they're fans and it's other things that are there distracting you, you it's hard to simulate that. But as, I, as I've said to the guys, and what, we hadn't done a great job with this, but we're going to do a better job, is it's more about focusing on your routine. You know, like we just went through it. I could almost tell you every guy's routine, um, but we, we may not have that type of time. But, like, just take Daniel Tobolova, for example. We're sitting in practice one day, and I know Daniel takes – three dribbles, 
he shakes his, his hand like this to the side, and then he comes back. And what he's supposed to do is he's supposed to stop it about midway, you know, that way he can get the arc we want him to have. Well, one day we're in practice and he's two dribbles, no shake, and he's just going from down here and it's flat every time. And I say to him, Daniel, you're seven foot, okay? But first things first, you gotta get to the point where like your knees are bent already. Daniel, take your three, three dribbles, shake your hand out like you've been doing all year and then stop the ball mid-chest. Daniel, the reason why you're stopping the ball mid-chest is so you're not bringing it from your knees. You know, because think about it. If he's bringing it here, now it's a dart compared to if he's getting it here now and, and stopping it. Now he can focus on that upward motion that we want. So, but that goes, you know, we go 9 and 19 the other day. Again, they shot 41 free throws. We shot 19. Yeah, we lost the game by four. Guys, if we make six of our six of the ten free throws we miss, we win by two. So let's not complain. Let's control the controllables. And focusing on our routines on the free throw line is one of those things that we can control. It's very magnanimous. Also, I got to ask you real quick: the case and prior um, delay is his. Is that about like is he writing a novel uh, in between that? Well, if you notice, like when he was, I think it was probably. Florida State, I, I can't remember what was that. We were, that was the fifth or sixth game. But Florida State was the last game. You notice he hadn't taken that oh, delay very okay. much. All right. And I told him, like, I said to him, like, you were shooting 90% when you get up there, deep breath, take your delay. Get back to it. And, then, like, <laughs> and I'm like, you're shooting it much faster. You know, mm -hmm. but, again, until they go through those things, like I can hear my dad saying right now, you're not going to believe that stove hot until you touch it and burn yourself. You know, like, as, as young men, we have to find our own way. You know, um, as a buddy of mine said the other day, look, man, remember, they've never been 42. You've been 21. You've been 22. Be patient with them. Help them see themselves. I want to I ask you about your family, Coach. I know yeah. as you've progressed through college basketball, you know, your wife is a huge part of this. And, yeah. you know, if you want to move on, you've got to get her approval as a team. Here you are in Tampa, Florida yeah. with three young children. Yeah. What's life like with your family, with the, with the kids, with managing this basketball program? What's, uh, tell me about the, the family side of Coach Amir. The family side of Coach Amir has improved. Um, Coach Amir used to be the guy that was in the office to 8, 8.15 at night. I'd get home when Layla was say three, I might only see her for 15, 20 minutes, right? But what I've, under, what I've learned and how I've grown over the years is that I, I, I'm much better managing my time, you know, and I'm not missing dinner for, for anything. I'm taking them to school pretty much. I'm not gonna say every morning because my wife would strangle me. <laughs> but, Tell the truth. I'm taking them to school probably three, three of the five days of the week, and it's the highlight of my day. And the girls, it's really cool because, so Layla was born in College Station, Lana was born in Athens. Lana remembers Athens. Layla doesn't really remember College Station. Um, however, this was the coolest part of this year so far. And again, guys, I know the Florida State win was fun. I know, all, like I get it, the six game win streak was great, but, at Thanksgiving time when Layla says, Daddy, are my brothers coming over? 
This is our first time ever saying that. It's that did more for me because now she feels a part of it. Now it's just not daddy has to go to work. No, we have to go see our brothers. You know, our brothers are playing tonight. So it, it's been great. And my wife, man, is a rock star. She is a lawyer. Um, went to Stetson Law, actually, right here sure. in Gulfport. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. Yeah, I know over Tampa. there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, across the bridge. But um, she's barred in Florida, or, or in, in Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina. Georgia and South Carolina because of me moving around. Mm. Um, and she's allowed me to chase this, this dream of coaching, but she knows the reason why I got into coaching, and that was to impact the lives of young men. Quick, just quick story, I promise. All right. The, you know, as tough as that loss was against UAB um, on Sunday, and I, I told the guys, like, I hate losing, especially when I know we didn't control the things we could control. I didn't control some things that I could control. But it was the coolest thing after the game. I look up and I got, I got three kids from Kennesaw, from our Kennesaw team at the game. Yeah. These dudes drove two and a half hours from Atlanta, or from three hours actually, because Kennesaw is 30 minutes north. So three hours from Kennesaw to Birmingham to see their old crazy coach and a couple of their brothers play. That that's, was cool. That's awesome. And I'll mention you're allowed to uh, share an embrace with a player on a team that the women's basketball team is playing as you did last week, speaking yeah. of brothers and sisters. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Yeah. We'll get more into the brothers and sisters on the next show. For sure. But I did want to ask, because I mentioned it at the very beginning, yep. as we wrap it up, I heard you mention on the radio pregame uh, that Charlie Bradley shot you a text yeah, before UAB. And I want people to know, you're not some guy that's coming here for one year and doesn't know anything about the history of South Florida. You right. appreciate it and have oh, fully no, gotten into like, it. Like, you got to understand, um, again, as a player, you, where you went to school, where you played, it means something to you, you know? And so I just, I put myself in Charlie's shoes and Rodinko's shoes, Chucky, Dominique, so on and so on and so on. Go, I'll try, I put myself in their shoes. And how would I want to be treated by a coach, you know, that's coaching at my school? Hey, it's my school, okay? Yeah. All right, and so, like I, like, I tell those guys all the time, hey, this is your program, you know, I'm just, you know, leading it for hopefully a long, long time, right? And Charlie has been so amazing, man. I get a text from him every game day saying good luck. Get a text from him after every game, win or lose. Hey, coach, man, good game. Or, hey, man, we, you know, I welcome those things. Good. Like, and it's so awesome. So, but when he sent that text about their rivalry against UAB, I knew about the games in the past, but I didn't realize how how much of a rivalry it was back then. Sure. You know, so it, it just means the world to be able to lead this program, to represent this program that has produced so many great players. Well, coming up this Friday, the chance to see the guys against Rice, and then they go to Memphis after that. We won't talk to the coach on this show for after a few more games, but for the first time, we really learned a lot about the team. Appreciate it very much, Mayor. Thank you, guys. Go Bulls. One of his big-time players, Chris Youngblood, coming up next. As our first basketball issue of Bullseye continues, first player to join us, and it was kind of an easy decision not to embarrass you, Chris Youngblood, but you've been a leader on this team. 
not just in scoring, but in so many ways. Let's begin about how you think the team is playing compared to how you thought they would. It's been pretty good of late. Yeah, man, definitely. As you know, I started off kind of slower than what we wanted to, but it was needed for, for this group because we're new, new group. We haven't been through much as a team, so everything's going good pretty now. Mm -hmm. Walk us through your decision to come here because I know you have a very special relationship with Coach Amir. Yeah, it was kind of it was an easy decision because it's not it's, it's more than a coach. That's like a, a leader I have in my life. Uh, it's family, so man, that was an easy decision. And how has the transition been? Transition, it's, it's, I ain't gonna say it's been smooth, but it started it started, <laughs> it started off kind of rocky because first time away from home, mm -hmm. man, it's just, everything just new. So, but that's why I follow him because he, he, he can help get through all that. Mm -hmm. So one thing that happened at your previous stop, both your previous stops at Kennesaw State, people know this, but I want you to tell us what it was like. And I know we did a radio interview where you said it's not going to be some dream that maybe we can build up to. Talking about the NCAA tournament, you think the group is strong here, but let's talk about that experience last year, just from when you guys believed that it could happen to when it actually happened. Yeah, man. So the cool thing about the group last year is we've been through the worst and the best together. So we knew, like, it can't get any worse. Like, each year we got to get better. So we knew coming into the last year, man, expectation was March Madness and championship, and, like, it was nothing. Hmm. So once we finally achieved it, man, it was all emotions let out. It was just a big sigh of relief. I'm telling you, I, that's the best thing about March Madness is you want your teams to win, but you find yourself cheering for teams that you don't know don't know any players on or coaches, to be honest. I didn't know who you were. Uh, so I'm watching you guys play against Xavier, and it was just so great to see. Heartbreaking, I know. But take us through what happened after, because he was emotional. And did that sort of leave off to that season, make you want to come with him here a little bit? Like, let's, let's keep it going and maybe take it the next step. Yeah, like, it's funny because the way he was feeling, like, he was tears of joy, um, proud of us, but as a player, you're, you're mad. Like mm. you, at the end of the day, you just lost the game. So mm. it was kind of mixed your emotions. But once you man, you calm down. Let your emotions calm down. You kind of like understood what you did this season, and you had time to just look look back at what you accomplished. And now you can, well, kind of not want to say not be mad anymore, but be proud of yourself a little bit. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, running through some emotions, you go through practices with him for several years, and now you're here. Tell us, did he take it easy on the guys at first, or the practices uh, with South Florida similar to how they were at Kennesaw State? Is he pushing you guys pretty hard? I mean, it's it's a different group, so you really can't coach everybody the same. Sure. But he he still like, he stands on culture. He always he always gonna stay consistent with that. But it's a new group, so it's a little different. But now it's it's getting back pretty mm. similar. What are some of his coaching philosophies that you value as well as a player? Like I said like culture, mm -hmm. competitiveness, mm -hmm. the details. The probably the one thing that sticks out to me and other players that, that they notice is the attention to detail. Uh, they're not used to the attention to detail that he requires, so at first it's kind of frustrating, but it's going to help you later on. I might have watched the practice too. I'm definitely not going to call anybody out by name, but you know some of the sayings, edge, that kind of thing, some of the details that are important to him and your team, you might have did a quiz during the middle of a practice and when the player didn't get it, you know, there's, there, there's something to pay for it. And I know that free throw is also for people that are watching this. There's some pressure in practice, right? He, he oh, turns yeah. it up, right? Oh, yeah, because uh, what, what he does is I mean, everybody on the baseline, he'll call a random dude up, and you got to make free throws. Two free throws, if you miss it, it's like a one-on-one -on -one situation. If you miss it, your team has to run. But if you make it, move on to the next person. So he, and we're not going to leave to everybody. 
um, shoots free throw. Okay, so you're great at free throws. You're very accurate. I hear that you were also, let's take people back, you're growing up a little bit, very accurate thrower of the baseball. Yeah. Um, may, maybe, not, maybe not the sport that people would have thought you would have played growing up in Tuscaloosa. So take people back to that. What were your other sports that, you, that were vying for your possible future as young, as a youth? It's funny as you say that because baseball, I always thought it was going to be like the next Derek Jeter growing up. <laughs> and then I just, Kobe Bryant, like, mm. I fell in love with Kobe Bryant. Not literally, but you yeah, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, big fan. big fan of Kobe Bryant. But growing up, like, baseball, like, shortstop, center field, I spent the majority of my time, like, my dad, too, I'd be in the garage just throwing a baseball against the wall, catching it for hours, like, like, he'll, he'll get mad, but they just accepted it to where I just mess up all the walls in the house. And I was going to say, did he get mad because it wasn't a basketball going through hoop or because you were messing up? No, nah, at first he was mad, but he was like, man, this is this, this kid working hard. So they just kind of accepted it. Every house he moved into, there's always this wall, and I was just, just messing up, just throwing a ball, just practicing shortstop. Wow. And then as I got older, like basketball, like the I found out the attention detail, the, the amount of work you had to put in. In basketball, I fell in love with that part of the game. So, like, the preparation is a little bit different for basketball and baseball, in my opinion. That's, nice. that's why I fell in love with basketball. When nice. did that happen? When did basketball click for you? Seventh grade. Right when I got to Georgia, the basketball, not, no offense to Alabama, but basketball in Georgia is just a little bit different than basketball in Alabama. So when I got to Georgia, I kind of got a rude awakening, and that actually, like, motivated me. Like, oh, it's time. I stuff that got serious. Like, it's this different level, so... Instead of just getting discouraged, that kind of like motivated me to Extra work push. hard. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you like a challenge, you like to be pushed. I like that. And then just for the record, people watching that want to know it, just assuming in Tuscaloosa you were pushed towards football, could you share with us your football, Ooh. when football became a non-thing for you? i never forget. It was spring training. It was like in April, Hillcrest Middle School. Um, my dad, he, he really didn't want me to play football, but I was only doing it to – for drill purposes, get my speed and stay in shape. So the, the coach was like, man, just try a wide receiver. And then I wore glasses at the time, mm -hmm. caught the ball. And I, I really wasn't even trying to get open. I was just out there just because my coach told me to get out there. So I caught the ball. This is not going to end well. Yeah, so I caught the ball, got tackled, glasses fell out of my helmet. And I think like five, ten minutes later, I just walked off the field. <laughs> Coach, coach never saw me again. Called it. That was it. <laughs> oh, we're so glad that basketball did not have such a frustration uh, for you. And um, we're glad you're here. Uh, let's let you brag on a couple of your teammates. I know that Stroud is a guy that was so good last year defensively for Kennesaw State. Maybe took him a while to get going this year. But you could see the Albany game where he had six offensive rebounds, three putbacks in a row. Uh, he can bring some energy to the club. Brag on him for a little bit. Yeah, B, yeah, B Stroud, he, he's, he's one of a kind. Like, when he's on, uh, he's, a, he's a difference maker. He sets the tone of your defense. So with him, man, he's a, a high-value person to your team, so you always love to have him. And a guy like JR, like how special <laughs> is your relationship with him? Also being able to kind of mentor the younger guys on yeah. the team. Jaden Reed, man, he's he's one of a kind, man. It's it's funny, it's it's pretty cool seeing a different culture because he's from up north. I don't, I'm, I've been in the south all my life, so you don't really know how they act up there, how they talk, the lingo. So it was pretty cool learning how he thinks, his lingo, his culture, and his perspective on life outside of basketball. It's different from like people down south. So uh, he's he gonna be one special player. He seems pretty mature, and I want you to speak on. 
the guys that, that hung around. Uh, first of all, we didn't know that we knew that he had talent, but Sam Hines was going to become, you know, Duncan Hines this year. Selton Miguel was going to become Seth Curry shooting three-pointers and Corey Walker being asked to do a lot underneath. I know you've you've become quick friends with them. Yes. Yeah, like Sam, me and Sam go back to high school. Like, That's right. People don't know, like, we was, we was battling in the same region. He, he went to Willer, and, like, in Georgia, everybody, like, hates Willer, like, outside of people that went to Willer. So... Isn't that the same high school as your head coach? It might be. <laughs> Everybody hates Willie. So man, like, you can't but, believe your friends. Yeah, so me and Sam, we've been competing for a while. And I've, I've like, I've always respected him as a competitor. But so I knew, like, when he stayed, I knew what, what you would get from him every single day. Because mm. I remember battling him in high school. I'm like, man, I do not want to compete against this dude today. Because, man, like, he just he was just so strong and big. Like, he never, like, like you know you had to get some extra rest the night before you played. So. Wow. Nice. Like, people didn't really talk about him a lot, but I, like, he was well respected. Yeah, we did, him. So, listen, hopefully this, been dancing around it, this whole season ends with a nice celebration. I could see a conference championship or something like that now. This is going to come out of left field. You're not going to see You're not going to know what direction this is going. So I want to suggest when that happens, when, it doesn't have to be conference championship. It can be whatever. It can be after a big win, big win on the road. Get everybody in a circle, and instead of, like, dousing your coach with a water bottle, just shoot them at each other. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry, man. Sorry. Did you know right away? That was the perfect Did one. you know right away that that was... There's no way that wasn't going to be on camera and that you're going to get something for it. Or did you hope that you could sort of just slide back on the court? And I love that it was zoomed in on you, too. That, like, that exact moment, too, it was on you. Like, in the moment, <laughs> I'm more so, like, thinking, like, man, I hope, like, maybe two people saw it. Right. Yeah. Like, maybe two or three people saw it in the huddle. Like, nobody's paying attention. Like, I thought it happened faster than it looked like on video. <laughs> so, man, when I did it, I'm just laughing. I hope everybody forget about it five, ten minutes later. And then I, I walk out um, the tunnel after the game. Everybody showed me the video. I'm like, it started just going viral. Like, just by my luck, I, I bet you it's gonna go viral, man. This is just about my luck. Your look, and Greg's. I think it was Greg's yeah. reaction right behind you. He was losing it. Coach Griff all of a sudden looked up, like, "What? Did I just miss something?" Yeah. Right. But I saw the collab on ESPN and Sports. Over 16 million views. By the way, that was crazy. That was crazy. Well, just for the record, I've gone back and watched more game action than that. But I'm glad you have a good sense of humor about it. And we're so glad you're here and we're our first guest. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for Thanks having me. We got some track and field coming up next on the show. Stay tuned. And our first 2024 Bullseye, we always talk to somebody that is an important member of a sport other than basketball or football, in this case, a very important member. Now, before we speak to Eric Jenkins, can I still call you Coach Jenkins? Do you answer to Coach? I know you got a new job title. Nope, uh, director. I'm Coach. And I'm, you're coach. Coach? Okay. I'm Coach, yep. And Director and Overseer of Track and Field and Cross Cross Country. We're overseeing the track and the field right now because it's about that time. Now we're outdoors because it's Florida. Right. <laughs> but the indoor season begins this weekend, so it's about to get started. I know you've had a lot of training, but tell people where we are in the schedule and how busy it's about to get. Yeah, so we start our indoor season this weekend up in Gainesville. They just built a facility, uh, 200 meter bank track. Um, and that's coming pretty common. Uh, we'll compete on a 200 meter bank track in uh, Louisville in two weeks, uh, then we'll follow up, uh, go up to uh, Boston, and then we'll finish up in Chicago at a new facility they have up there as well. So we'll get to run on some of the premier track and field facilities in the country. 
Um, and then obviously we'll host our conference championship in Birmingham, which has hosted the NCAA championship. Now you're used to being at these premier events, but I want to talk about the 200 meter bank because that is probably the biggest signal of the difference between indoor and outdoor. Some of the events are similar, but mm -hmm. anything on the track, uh, does that drastically change your approach or, or you just have to know it's, it's going to be different? It does because obviously we train on a 400 meter flat track most days. Uh, you, you essentially have three types of track indoors. Uh, you have a 200 meter flat, you have a 300 meter flat, and then you have a 200 meter bank. Uh, and the NCAA championships and most conference championships are run on bank tracks, so we try to get on those as much as possible. And for us, we're, we're blessed to be here in Tampa and we can fly to some of the coolest cities in the country. So again, we'll go to Chicago, we'll go to Louisville, and we'll go to uh, Boston. And all three of those cities provide very, very fine opportunities for the sport of track and field. Coach Jenkins, this is your fifth year and you can just feel year by year the growth. And before we get into this season, I do want to give him one last shout out because he got you your first national title, right. uh, Romaine Beckford. He's not here anymore. You've had to replenish, but uh, that was, I guess, the prime example, along with your 4 by 100 guys getting All-American status of where you want the program to continue to get to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously he did a good job for us and, and we're certainly looking forward to other young people coming through the program and doing a good job. The University of South Florida is an outstanding institution. It's an outstanding athletic department. We've got great leadership. Uh, and you can get it done here. Uh, right now, it, it's a little chilly here, but uh, I'd much rather be in Tampa, some other parts of the country right now that are really, really uh, getting hammered with some very, very cold weather. Sure. But uh, we certainly appreciate this sunshine. And um, we've got a very, very exciting group of young people here uh, in the program right now. Uh, there are a lot of names people probably have not heard of, but I'm telling you, we've got some very good coaches and some very good uh, support staff that are helping them uh, reach their potential. It's it's a massive operation at 11. I want to get into that part of mm -hmm. it now because uh, people think the transfer portal and replenishing a roster. Uh, football comes to mind obviously mm -hmm. first because it's the biggest roster. Track and field is right behind football right. and I noticed that you have gone the junior college route a lot. Mm -hmm. Could you speak, and I'm sure it's massive, to just constructing a track and field roster and the yeah. size of it? Yeah, we've. Um we want to just go out and find good people who happen to be good student athletes. And whether it's junior college, or international student, it could be a transfer, a high school student athlete. We're trying to find people who fit what we do. Um, you know, it, the transfer portal is great. It gives you some folks who you hope have had some success immediately, uh, and they'll just bring that in. But uh, we don't mind developing people. Um, but you have to find the right people that can compete first and foremost at your conference championship level and then you work your way forward. And I think we've done a very good job of identifying those type of people, uh, but they've got to do it when the lights come on. And I think of someone that started off at a smaller school, whatever their, their times or their heights are mm -hmm. is impressive enough, but when they come here and they see this, and I want to ask you about that, mm -hmm. not just from a performance standpoint, mm -hmm. it's probably helped, but the new surface, all that you guys have improved to this facility at track and field where mm -hmm. you're hosting conference meets, does that get their attention too? Absolutely. Um, you know, you have to start with, with Michael Kelly and his vision first and foremost and giving me an opportunity to come here. And he's been very supportive and so has the rest of the administration of trying to help us put our program in a position where we can be successful at a high level. Um, I'm excited about the direction of the program, but it all starts with him. Uh, and the people he has to report to to be able to give us the resources necessary to do it. We've got a fantastic facility, uh, brand new surface. Uh, there are a lot of things going on around the track right now. Um, you know, they've redone the, the restroom area, uh, 
scoreboard has been updated. Um, you know, you, you, I could just go around and give you tons of things that are going on right now. Um, but this is a great time to be at this institution and a great time to be in our program. So as far as, I, I, I don't want you to give anybody too inflated of a big head early mm -hmm. on that's just coming here for the first time, but mm -hmm. you know, you, you bring in some people that have national championship type credentials. Could we be looking at some new names that Bulls fans can get excited about? Again, without yeah. building up their heads too, <laughs> right. early, too early that are watching this. Right, yeah, because they still got to get it done when it counts. Um, but you know, you bring in, um, you know, Goodness Aridia is a young man who, uh, is a sophomore this year. His name is Goodness. By His the way. name is Goodness, and oh and uh, you know I think he is a person that has a very very bright future within our program. Uh, he was a national champion in the triple jump at, at the NAIA level. Uh, he was a guy that was one of the top jumpers in the long jump as well. And he also can high jump. Um, you know you bring in um, Rashid. Uh, Rashid was the hundred meter champion at NAIA. He he's got a personal best of ten oh eight, I believe, and. He's got a win dated mark of nine under under 10 seconds at 9.98. He's run 20, 50, and 20, 30. Um, you know, Jermaine, who came over from um, Bethune-Cookman, uh, I think he has an incredible future ahead of him. Um, I think he's really starting to scratch the surface uh, in the short sprint events, and he's also committed. Uh, he did something in one of our four by fours here for practice that really said, okay, I, I think there's something there. Um, you know, tons of people we can go yeah, down sure. down the down the list with, and um, obviously return some very very solid returners in Janaya Burton, Shania Benjamin, uh, Michael Bourne, who was a conference champion for us last year. We just want to continue to enhance the people who are returning, um, enhance their opportunities with good people around them, so we can have a chance to be successful at the conference level and national level. It's below 10 seconds. I don't care how aided by the wind it is. That's right. that's a pretty good mark to remember. He can move. Uh, <laughs> he yeah. can move. Hey. Uh, Obviously, it's the indoor season now, but let's look at the schedule stretching it out to the spring because we just mentioned the facility. You guys are going to be able to host a couple events, mm -hmm. uh, not just the grandness of that, but the fields that you're going to eventually see here come to Tampa. Yeah, so we're going to host two home meets this year, and, and what we want to do, we want this to be a destination for people to come and have very, very fine track and field meets. Um, you know, our first meet is March 15th and 16th, uh, and we're bringing in Ohio State, Oklahoma, Michigan, Iowa, Pittsburgh, uh, West Virginia, a few others. I, I don't want to leave anybody off, but a very, very solid no, meet early on. Oh, yeah. Kentucky. Um, and then for the second meet, you know, we'll bring in Rutgers. We'll bring in Pittsburgh again. We'll bring in UConn and several other um, group of five schools and some Super 22 institutions that have very, very fine track and field programs. That first meet will have teams that finish in the top 10 nationally. Uh, several national champions, multiple All-Americans at a lot of different levels. Um, so it will be a competitive meet. It's coming right off of the um, NCAA championship. Sure. So again, we, we think that we have an outstanding facility that we can continue to build our brand and attract quality people to come here and, and, and compete at the University of South Florida. You mentioned Kentucky. I believe they're hosting the East Prelim they this are. year. So that's not a bad little thing. Right. The, the school that's hosting the major event on the east side before mm -hmm. the NCAA National Meet is coming to Tampa. And mm -hmm. that's a, I got to follow up on one thing you said. Mm -hmm. It's the first time I've ever heard the phrase, mm -hmm. Super 22. Maybe I'm just right. out of the loop. So I'm guessing that's a conference. Yeah, so once you, you have your, your, your Power 5 or Power 4 now, sure. uh, then you have your Group of 5. And then the conferences that tend to make up uh, below that, uh, which are all fine institutions, fine conferences, it's commonly notated as a Super 22. Okay. So um, again, you know, you can have folks from the MEAC that can really come in here and get some things done, or SWAC, or 
uh, Colonial, whatever it may be, there's some very, very fine institutions. And the thing about track and field is either you're fast or you're not. You can throw far or you don't, or jump far, whatever it may be. So the simplicity of that is what makes it special. And so we can get a lot of different people from a lot of different conferences or divisions to come in and have an outstanding track and field meet. And I know as we start to wrap it up here, uh, we talked about Kobe as one of your uh, pole vaulters mm -hmm. uh, before as an example of someone who's really up themselves physically. Uh, obviously, the, the season starts this weekend, but you've been training, you've been working hard in the weight room. Explain to people how much goes into that when it comes to getting prepared for it. Uh, you have to be ready. There are a lot of early mornings. Um, <laughs> we, we've got a strength and conditioning coach that is really dialed into what we're trying to do as a staff. Um, Sean does a good job. And to me, we've had the best fall we've had. Um, you know, we have a lot of young men and young ladies who are holding each other accountable. And when it hurts, they're getting up off the, you know, the ground and uh, they're holding each other up. And that's exactly what we want to have here. It's not going to be easy. Um, you know, they often hear me say the hardest thing to do is pay attention, but you have to be disciplined. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to work when things get tough. I mean, and I think we are finally starting to get those type of individuals within our program so that we can create, a, you know, a culture that says we're going to work hard, we're going to be disciplined, we're not going to shy away from competition, and um, we'll give you all you can handle sooner or later. I can see the competition in you, and as that's the last question, because I think I'm sure that some football coaches want to sling the football around, some mm -hmm. baseball, I even see Billy Mull, you know, he's still got that pitching arm in mm -hmm. him. Basketball, put up a couple uh, attempts. Mm -hmm. Do you want to get out there every now and then, and if so, uh, how long does that last, and what, what, where do you head? Do you head right to the hurdles? So I live off my legend. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to race anybody. Uh, I'll be very, very honest. I, I don't want any part of these young athletes right now, um, you know, I mess around with him in the weight room every now and then, but even that's short-lived because uh, you have to pick your poisons. But, um, you know, it's exciting to be able to get out and be amongst the, the student athletes uh, and see them happy and see them want to be competitive. And yeah, they give me a hard time, coach you getting old, blah, 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 all that stuff, which is fine. But, you know, I always tell them I can beat one person in one thing, so you just don't, don't want to be that, that person. person. Right. So again, really excited about the direction we're going. Uh, I hope that folks will come out and support us. Uh, March 15th and 16th and April 5th and 6th for our two home meets. And if we're close around and, and you're a Bulls fan, come out and support these young people because they deserve it. And uh, I think they're going to represent you at a high level. Hey, it's a pleasure to talk about it. And we're here for the season. And Eric Jenkins, Jenkins thank you very much. We'll look forward to seeing you on the track indoors and outdoors. Thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you. I thought that worked out pretty well. Uh, it's not like we don't know each other, but this is the first time we've actually worked together and we learned a lot. Kaylee, nice. I love Chris Youngblood. Listen, that guy, oh my gosh. I love the fact that we're able to show more than just what they are on the court. What he's on the court is, is fantastic, and we didn't want him to talk about himself, so we will a little bit, first of all, as a yeah, player, absolutely. just an absolute leader. I had a friend who was actually the sideline reporter at the UAB game for the TV side, and she messaged me and said, he coaches the whole game. He is fantastic, but what a, what a guy. Such a good leader on the court, off the court. I thought his background was awesome growing up, you know, with baseball, with football, that round, well-rounded athlete that he is. Um, you know, I, I mean, and it, it makes sense, his hand-eye coordination, you know, the different things that these different sports can contribute to um, his success is, is really fun to watch and see him develop. And did you notice how I waited to mention the water bottle to the very end, just the in very case it was still a <laughs> yeah, sore subject? But still had to get that in there. Of course. Absolutely. I like the way he kind of 
maybe he's a little bit embarrassed by it, but he, he he's rolling with it. <laughs> he knows. He knows. It's just what he's going to be known for for that's, a while. But the, it's uh, you know, it was funny. Well, it did was you funny. see their their following film session? You know, I don't know if you saw it on social, but we made a video out of it, and and um, Coach was like, okay, there's a couple things we got to improve on. <laughs> First clip that comes up is him drinking yeah. in the wrong way. Yeah. Everyone that's, starts dying and losing it. Crazy. it so I need to know who pen the letter from Bugs Bunny. I mean, that behind the scenes stuff is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, we love bringing that, that kind of thing, <laughs> that kind of information to you. And in a couple weeks, again, this will be mostly every other week here on Bullseye, we will alternate to women's basketball. So Jose Fernandez will also speak to a player as well. And again, like Eric Jenkins, we'll have somebody from one of the other sports golf seasons about to start tennis and we'll sprinkle in a lot. And then later on in the spring, get ready for some Billy Moe and some Ken Erickson with baseball and softball. The women's basketball team, by the way, uh, is in action next we, this weekend for a couple of games in Texas. Yours truly will be making the trip to both Rice and Texas San Antonio to bring those to you on the radio side on Bulls Unlimited. And I know that you get to see the women's team from time to time. You do a great job sideline yeah, reporting and, and catching the interviews. They're so, so fun to watch. Of course. They're such a good group on and off the court. They're such a good group and, and they're fun to watch out there and then their chemistry and you know, and I adore Coach Jose, and he's amazing, the whole staff is, so they're a fun team. Yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch how they progress through the rest of the season as they go for another NCAA bid. going to be very challenging, but uh, it's the kind of team I think it's going to be fun to see how they progress. I think it's going to be a much better team in March than it is right now. Sure, and we'll be talking again about them and with them on the next episode of Bullseye. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this first basketball version that we've done. For Kaylee Cottrell and Joey Johnson, I'm Derek Sharp. That's the show. Keep those horns up.